Welcome to Your Lot and Parcel Podcast with your host, Benjamin Diaz, designed strictly for you, the consumer. You will find that this platform has your best interests at heart. Appreciate your company today. This is Benjamin. In this episode, we are discussing the benefits of home ownership. We delve into purchasing real estate versus renting. What is appreciation and what are the tax benefits? What goes into determining whether it is a good investment or not? Is it a good idea to purchase a duplex, triplex, or a fourplex and live in one? We'll be discussing these rhetorical questions, plus much more. Now, he says, now is the time for real estate financial education. My guest is an award-winning sales representative and a member of the REMAX Hall of Fame. And he's the, also the founder of Doors to Wealth Real Estate Group. He has a bachelor's degree of commerce. Also authored the book, Armchair Real Estate Millionaire. If you are sitting there anyway, you might as well build your wealth. Let's introduce him to our show, Michael Dominguez. I'd like to say, first of all, that, that our home is not only a, a roof over your head, it's also an investment. And of course, you're building equity and not to mention, uh, it's a, definitely a tax benefit. So I'm glad to have you on the show, Michael. And uh, to, before we get into our topic, uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself for the sake of my audience, uh, Michael? Yeah, thank you for having me on the show, Benjamin. I really yeah. appreciate it. I, I love being able to share uh, some of the same messages that you provide. Um, I, I uh, sort of as a second career or third career, I became a, a realtor back in 2008. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I quickly gravitated towards working with the investors. In my past life, I'd worked with business owners, and I sort of felt my common bond there. And uh, so I started to help out a number of uh, people building wealth through, through buying quality real estate, and uh, to the point where I started to do it myself as well. And although I started out you know, maybe as much as anything to offer me some credibility, it led to uh, building some pretty significant wealth, the point where all the money I ever made as a realtor paled in comparison to the amount of wealth I made as a, as a real estate investor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, yeah, I've just continued on that journey. I've, I've been uh, multiple times realtor of the year in different investment clubs and, and groups and stuff like that. But now I'm at the point where I want to share my message. And I just recently wrote a book called Armchair Real Estate Millionaire. And uh, and yeah, I'd love to talk to you about it. That's, that's great. You know, you, you said you got into the business or in the industry back back when, 2008. Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah, good time, huh? Well, I was going to say, boy, that tells me a lot about you, Michael. <laughs> pretty <laughs> gutsy guy. Pretty gutsy. I mean, uh, we really had a real estate debacle here, you know? Yeah, it was, it was not quite the apocalypse in my market as it was yours. I'm in the yeah, Toronto yeah. area, and right. we had about a six to twelve month hit, where your hit was just a a little bit worse than that. Yeah, so yeah, a little uh, bit, yeah, just a tad. <laughs> and for the sake of my audience, uh, tell us where you're at, Michael. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm in the um, the suburbs of Toronto, Canada, mm-hmm. uh, which um, for those of you that that don't know. Uh, Toronto is actually one of the fastest growing uh, big cities in all of North America. 
uh, growing in population by leaps and bounds. And honestly, it was a little bit of dumb luck as much as anything, but I've been in such a mass appreciation that it's uh, all the real estate has just surged in value as the population has surged. Toronto has actually got a population larger than Chicago now. It's, it's oh. past Chicago. So it's a, it's a big city. It's thriving. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. So you're right in the, in the mix of things, you know, well, that's great. Yeah. Uh, Michael, tell us um, what are, are, are your thoughts uh, of ownership and versus renting? What, what would you say to my audience about that? Absolutely. I, uh, this is something I'm such a, an advocate for. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, uh, my, my son's friends are all in their twenties and thirties and, uh, mm-hmm. and I talk to them on a regular basis. And actually I told, uh, one of his friends, I was going to share this story. Uh, he's, uh, he's now spending almost a thousand dollars a month on his Tesla. Uh, but meanwhile, he can't afford a home to live oh, in. And he boy. says, well, I'll continue okay. renting. <laughs> and and now the landlord is looking at uh, selling their real estate property, and so now he's afraid he's going to be homeless. And I said, mm. "Well, you can live in your Tesla." Um, so, I am such an advocate of uh, any young person when you can um, uh, be able to use leveraging, uh, which I'm sure Benjamin's talked about on the show multiple times about yeah. using uh, using leveraging through real estate to actually be able to. Uh, get into a really great quality property and mm-hmm. once you own that property it uh it just puts you in a position where you can build some true wealth much better than a renter can there you go yeah so leveraging we're talking about uh, very nominal down payment uh, uh, i don't know what's like uh, as far as the, uh, the mortgages there where yeah. you're at but here you can get away with uh yeah, depending where the property is at michael uh, nothing down uh, yeah well, nothing is such an exceptional number, but even yeah. even if we're talking five percent down, sure, um, sure, it's it's a um, it it's a situation, and not just five percent down or nothing down, or even if it's ten percent down. Let's mm-hmm. put this in perspective. Uh, what other investment uh, vehicle can you have where um, where you can put down as little as five to ten percent down yeah. with an interest rate of well, Ben, you would, Benjamin, you'd know this better than I would, sure. but. Sure. What three percent interest rate or so? And it's yeah, it's better than that here in uh, California. Yeah. And oh, yeah. so you're essentially leveraging ninety-five percent of the purchase, exactly. and they're doing it three percent. Well, the reason very, why the banks little. are willing to do such incredible yeah. deals is because of the pure safety of that investment vehicle. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah, I can see that concept. So speaking of mortgages. Um, Let's say um, someone that's listening is wanting to buy. Uh, at what point do they, uh, does he or she inquire about financing a, a, any purchase? Um, well, even once, the, the short answer is, is very quickly, but, yes. but in many cases, um, again, the conversation I had with my son's friend was a great conversation to have mm-hmm. because a lot of times what the first thing you should do is um, is whether you're working with a with a financial expert or uh, or just simply doing some of it on your own as well, is is trying to figure out where all your money is currently going to and to see if you can in fact uh, afford to to make the extra purchase. So in the case of my uh, uh, that one gentleman, not only is he spending close to a thousand dollars a month on his vehicle, 
but he also has some student loans, which he's paying hundreds of dollars to, and he had a few other significant expenses, which which it puts him in a position where he can't qualify for a for a mortgage. So mm-hmm. if you're a little um, unsure about that, talking with a with a mortgage expert is a great way to, you know, sort of punch in the numbers of sense and uh, and to see what you can qualify for. And more importantly, if you make a few small changes over the next six to 12 months, um, how can that number increase tremendously? Obviously, increasing the income you earn is great, but in some yeah. cases, decreasing the expenses is probably equally as great. Yes, exactly. And of course, uh, credit standing is, is also important. Uh, 100%. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. knowing where you're at, and you know, I think you would say the same thing, Benjamin? Yes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So it, um, yeah, very important to get that, uh, and that way you go into the market with confidence. You know, you know what you're able to acquire and uh, what you're able to afford, and uh, so that makes for a good deal. And speaking of deals, where can you find great deals today in real estate? Uh, I'm not sure where you're at, but uh, but here I know where I can find me some good deals. But uh, can you tell us how that works over there where you're at? Yeah, Canada? sure. Well, I could talk in general too, regardless okay. of whether you're. You're purchasing in California or Texas or or uh, Oregon or Ontario. Um, yeah. The concepts remain. And the first thing I always like to point out: if you're truly looking for building long-term wealth as either an investment or, as you sort of indicated already, even where you're living in, uh, obviously, if you have the flexibility to choose where you want to purchase, uh, my advice is always. I would rather see somebody get a fair deal in a great market than a great deal in a fair market. And mm-hmm. so a lot of my, um, not my clients, but a lot of people will try to find the cheapest house in the cheapest neighborhood. They'll mm-hmm. buy in the, um, yeah, as their investment properties, they won't buy in California in the, in the uh, uh, Inland Empire where we're seeing, we're seeing such incredible uh, property value growth and population growth. They're investing in areas like Detroit or Ohio or Pennsylvania uh, that hasn't appreciated very much in the past uh, 20 years and isn't likely to appreciate in the future. So yeah, mm-hmm. you can get a great deal buying that property in Pittsburgh, but that doesn't mean that's where I want to invest. Let me have a nice quality property that has a little bit of cash flow in uh, Riverside or something mm-hmm. like that, and sure. and I'll, I'll do that all day long. There you go. Yeah. So uh, would you say, um, could you expound on whether it's possible to buy? Uh, well, it is possible to buy, buy or purchase real estate, but uh, is it wise in, in any market? Uh, yeah. You know, kind of? And, you know, obviously, you know, I'm sure many of the people before that have spoken on it as well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the common storyline is when's the best time to plant a tree and the answer is 20 years ago and what's the second best time it's today real estate falls in the same category sure it would have been nice had you bought that that outskirts of la property 20 years ago and you've seen such incredible appreciation but what i advocate for benjamin is uh is in um um in chapter three of my book uh i talk about um um becoming a a true expert in terms of analysis determine what a good market is and i use the term being an insider trader and so what we seek to try to find out is find out a really great quality property 
that's seeing uh, population growth, job growth, GDP growth. And those are the type of properties that are, are best, have the best chance at long-term appreciation and building long-term wealth for you. So that's the number one thing I always tell people is focus on, you know, A, where you want to live and B, where your tenants, uh, the kind of tenant profile that you'd be looking for and then finding a property to match that. And then I can hold on to that property for 10 or 20 years and then ride the appreciation wave because it's a great property in a great neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. That's uh, a good uh, um, business model they have. And uh, yeah, I mean, we always look at things retroactively. Well, I, I should have, could have, I would have, you know, but um, it's, it's best to jump into it. You know, so the best investment, of course, is always uh, the purchase of your home. Yeah. Um, could you speak to your personal experience on that? Yeah, well, um, yeah, my first house was uh, mm. 1993, um, and I could tell you, this is something, you know, regardless of what the number was, I, I ended up paying 105000 for my home, and, you know, back in that day, I was making an income of 20-something thousand dollars a year, so I could tell you, I was freaking out when I purchased that first property, and, mm. and yeah. the thought of building up that kind of debt... Um, you know, I didn't have the level of knowledge and experience that I had today, but mm -hmm. I was genuinely freaked out to the point where I was actually violently ill, throwing up on a regular basis. Uh, I, I closed or I went firm on the property on December 24th. That entire holiday was shot for me. And, and you know, again, it ended up all working out. This is a property that appreciated well. I put down, as I mentioned before, as little as 5% down. And... Uh, and yeah, by the time I sold it, it was worth more than double what I'd paid for it. And uh, and that started my journey of, of wealth creation. As a matter of fact, I could tell you that my personal residence until I hit 43, 44, probably represented 80 to 90% of my wealth creation was was simply was simply my house going up in value and mortgage going down. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I understand you were in your 20s, I understand. Uh when you first uh, purchased your first home. I, um, it's kind of interesting. I was about uh, in my mid-20s too, but I didn't purchase uh, my first home. I, it was an investment. Mm. And from that, it was uh, just a stepping stone to uh, the real home that I wanted. And uh, Yeah, I, I, I wish I was smart enough to have done that back in the day. It's the old, um, you know, we've all had this, if I knew sure. then what I know now kind of thing. Exactly. The yeah. funny thing is I lived in the upper unit of a duplex when I was renting and the mm -hmm. thought of actually doing something similar and buying a really quality property, a quality neighborhood, and then having a tenant paying half to two thirds of my rent just seemed like, like no way do I want to do tenants, like no way. And, and so I just, uh, I never did. It wasn't until I hit my forties that I realized the upside of uh, investment real estate, but had I to do over again, I would have done, you know, the term, the, the younger term today is called house hacking, where you live mm. in unit one and rent out unit two. Uh, I go. absolutely would have done that. There you go. And of course, from a qualifying uh, um, standpoint, uh, you're able to qualify for a little more because I mean, you're getting, there's some income there, you know, once you buy a duplex or a fourplex. Hundred percent. Yeah, and, and living one, and uh, and again, if you're 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 you look for an area that's uh, nice and you know uh, it's going to appreciate and it's going to be safe living there. Why? 
Sure, that'd, that'd be the thing to do. We are visiting with a distinguished real estate entrepreneur who believes in sharing his personal experiences with us on the topic of buying your first home and investment property. So much so, he was inspired to write the book entitled Armchair Real Estate Millionaire. So without further ado, let's get back with him, Michael Dominguez. Um, I understand you said you're a realtor, right? I am. I am uh, okay. still an active realtor. Not okay. quite as active as, as, yeah. you, uh, as, as I used to be. Kind of yeah. like you, you said you're getting closer to being semi-retired. That's a, sure. a nice position to be in, right? Where you yeah. don't need to do it for the money. You're doing it just because you're having a good time doing it, working with some great people. Exactly. So my follow-up question to you, Michael, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks, a lot of my listenership, well, you know, they're sitting there. I'm not a realtor. Uh, how do I get educated? How do I know? How do I, how do I get that feeling confident in my approach and purchasing a home? What would you say to that? 100%. And, and honestly, you know, uh, I could even include realtors and uh, mortgage brokers in this conversation as well. Just because you're in the industry and you passed a couple of courses right. doesn't, in fact, make you educated in terms of um, your financial education with regards to taking action. I could tell you realtors are as bad as anyone. There are people that have been in business for 20 plus years selling all kinds of houses and they've seen the market changes over the last couple of decades and yet they still haven't uh, taken action and purchased anything for themselves. And the same is true with mortgage brokers as well for that matter, same exactly. thing. Yeah. So the answer I would tell you is um, um, things have changed a lot obviously in the last 20 years and that information is so much more readily available than it ever, ever was before. But you still have to do some homework. And so, um, you know, honestly, I, I find that more, some people spend more time researching, the, researching their fantasy football team than they do about uh, wealth building. And so if you put the same passion um, you have towards following your, your favorite football or baseball team and put it towards understanding a market and understanding an area quite well, uh, I certainly recommend uh, if you pick up my book, um, uh, the chapter three section, we actually go into talking about the kind of stuff you should be looking for in a market. And and there is stuff available on the internet, or for that matter, you can even go to your local uh, municipality and sometimes get some of this data. Uh, you can see a market that's seeing steady population growth. You can see steady uh, GDP growth. You can see about plans for improved transit. So in the case of uh, the Inland Empire, as an example, I do know that there's um, trains and, and, tra and roads that have been upgraded over the last decade or two. That's yes. only gonna help property values as people are commuting into LA so much easier. Um, and the more research you do, you can determine uh, what makes for a very, very safe investment and then, and then it almost seems obvious that you that you can do it. Uh, the other thing I would recommend is um, take the time to uh, to network with uh, local investors that are already taking action. Local investor groups, uh, mm -hmm. they're everywhere. Uh, just oh. find some meetup somewhere and uh, and start hanging around with people that are actually doing what you want to do. Uh, you, I'm not saying abandon your friends that you've had since high school. I'm saying expand your your network of people and uh, and 
and start to, like I said, rub shoulders with the people who are actually doing it. And it just makes that much more obvious. If you've seen 20, 30, 50 people that have all done well with that investment, your level of confidence will be that much better. Absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. You latch on to a mentor, you know, somebody that's been there and done that, that uh, what you want to do. And, and 100%. Uh, they could be an investor. They could be a realtor. Exactly. Like a good right. investor realtor right. isn't focused on doing one sale with you. He's he's edu- he's interested in in teaching you the system, and eventually, hopefully, you buy three or five properties from them. But even if you only buy two or three, and that's what we talk about in my book, is just buying two or three properties can make a, a significant difference in your financial future and give you way more options and choices and flexibility than those that don't do those things. Exactly, I agree with that. And uh, so it's just a matter of getting out of your comfort zone and uh, yeah. and jump into it. Uh, a lot easier watching Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Um, let me ask you this, Michael. What are the tax benefits I, uh, that you have found to be very helpful for you? Yeah. One of the things I say about real estate investing, mm-hmm. and you can like this, not like this, fight it, argue it, but real estate has an unfair advantage when it comes to wealth building that other uh, investment vehicles simply don't have. Um, if I were to go to the bank and say, uh, let's say Bank of America, and I say, Mr. Mister Bank Manager, I love your bank. I love everything about your bank. Um, I, um, uh, I'd i like to borrow, like I have $100,000 to spend and I'd like to borrow money so that I can buy more stocks of your bank because I just believe in your bank so much. They may, may, may give you $100,000 extra money at, an, at a higher interest rate because it's an unsecured mortgage against real estate, interesting enough. And uh, and they, they go so far as to basically, like I said, charge you a higher interest rate. Meanwhile, real estate, um, you can, as we said already, you can borrow as much as 95% at a, at a sub 3% interest rate. Sure. And so that in itself is a huge unfair advantage. But the advantages don't just end there. They also include in real estate, uh, the ability to deduct expenses on a regular basis. You can depreciate the asset while you still own it so that you reduce your your earned income on the years as long as you've owned it. And obviously, depending on your your, uh, country or your area, uh, there Mm -hmm. are capital gains advantages. Unlike, it's not like earned income. If I if I made money in the restaurant I own, it's earned income. If I make money working in my nine to five job, it's earned income. But if I end up selling my real estate, it's a capital gains and that's at a lower tax rate than the, uh, than the earned income. So, so the advantages don't just, don't just end on the sale of the property. There's, there's a lot of advantages beyond that too. So, uh, and other, other investment vehicles just don't have that. No, they don't. No, they don't. For a primary home, just to give you an example, uh, for capital gains, uh, there's an exemption. Uh, of course, you'd have to live there for two years out of yep. five, but you can do this every two years. You're familiar with that law, pro, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, no, so, go ahead. Talk about it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, for singles at 250, if you're married, uh, 500,000. And you can do that every two years, uh, uh, so long as it's your primary home. And, uh, but even so what? You talk on this belt, well, belt uh, as well, Benjamin. But uh, yeah. let's say it's an investment property, and I, exactly. I bought a duplex and I held it for five years. Right. Uh, am I charged the same tax rate as if I uh, as my nine to five job? Yeah. No. No. I, uh, 
I'm not sure where you're getting there, but there's different avenues. I mean, you can always do a, a 1031 exchange. Uh, yep. I mean, you can just move on up, you know. Uh, you can move up, but let's say let's say you're just truly getting out of the business altogether, and you made oh. a quarter million dollars. Am I paying taxes at the same rate as if it was an earned income, uh, as if I worked as an executive, or is it a lower tax rate? Be lower. I would think it'd be lower because you got all kinds of stuff you can you can deduct. Yeah. Um, depreciation uh yep. improvements over the over the period of time there you know yep. so it's uh, oh yeah absolutely Good. um so that's great uh appreciation you touched on appreciation and of course building equity is very important uh with property what, what are some of the tips by the way what are some of the tips that you can share with us that to increase resale value of your home uh with, uh, with simple upgrades yeah and well and actually one thing i don't want to just leave off when we talk about appreciation yes. um one of the myths out there and I, I identify some of the myths in my book as well one of them is that real estate values always increase that is oh, yeah. not necessarily the case no, if no. you are in a market that has had a uh, level or even declining population or mm -hmm. a tremendous surge in the supply of inventory you can actually see your property values going down so when you look at markets like there's there's reasons why that Detroit, Michigan property was selling in the downtown core that nobody wanted to live in for thirty and fifty thousand dollars less than a decade ago. Meanwhile, you couldn't even build the material for that price. Um, so, by buying the right type of property in the right type of neighborhood, having the right type of tenants, you can get those quality profits. So, so that's something that I always like to identify: is don't just assume appreciation is going to happen by doing your research at the front end. You'll get there. But Check. with regards to the property itself, honestly, I um, uh, I'm hesitant to make a lot of recommendations because I can right. tell you that um, um, most of the time when you spend a dollar in mm -hmm. upgrades, you're not necessarily getting a dollar back. A lot of these renovations. That's uh, true. But if you're moving into the home and enjoying it, fantastic. Yeah. But different. where you're getting your best dollar for dollar value, absolutely. Sometimes it's some of the cheapest things, but Certainly the kitchens and bathrooms are always the highlight, but sometimes something as simple as a little bit of flooring change and some paint can, can that can earn dollar for dollar and even $5 for a dollar kind of stuff. But, uh, but you know, you can spend a quarter million dollars on landscaping and you won't increase the value of your property by nearly that much and stuff yeah. like that. Obviously finishing your basement and creating a, a legal suite, that'll generate dollar for dollar or even better. So, uh, so yeah, depending on what you're looking for, there's, there's certainly some options for sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 what surrounds the property, like you said, the, um, whether it's a declining population, there's lots, lots of things that go into that correlate with the value of the property, whether it's going to go up or down or stay static, you know, so it's, it just depends. So you have to do your research. You do. You have to do. Do your homework, definitely. Do your homework. Um, what are? Um, let me see here. Let me ask you this: Would you uh, would you say that paying your your mortgage uh, every month is is very much like a forced savings, isn't it? <laughs> because you know, uh, because I, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. That is a great way to look at it, especially if you're just getting started in your yeah. um, in your earned income um, um, <clears throat> skills. Um, right. Certainly. Um, the the wealth that you can build from real estate is is fantastic and and the mortgage you know when, when it's funny when we talk about the mortgage each month 
um, you say, okay, I'm paying, I'm making up numbers here, a thousand dollars a month. That doesn't mean it was a thousand dollars in interest. It may have been a hundred or two hundred dollars of that is going towards the principal of the property. That may not seem like a heck of a lot, but over the course of a year or five years, it could be a significant difference. And if it's appreciating because you bought in a smart market as well, the combination of uh, the combination of mortgage paydown and um, and appreciation can can make a significant difference in your life. Absolutely. And, and of course, if you throw into the mix, uh, giving an extra payment or once in a while, that definitely helps to uh, build your your equity. Uh, just to give you an example, uh, you know, on a, on a $220,000 loan, a 30-year 30 30-year loan, with a 4% interest rate, now if you were to make uh, an extra payment, let's say every three months or quarterly, you would be saving 65000 imagine that over the life of the loan and interest. And of course you retire the loan 11 years early. So, I mean, and that's, and that's huge. If, if you're only looking to purchase one investment or one home, exactly. that's it, yeah. that's fine. Um, but one of the things I talk about, Benjamin, if, uh, if somebody is looking to parlay to do well, what I did, for example, right. I, I had a home that uh, at the time around 2009, 2010, um, in our market was worth about $600,000 and we had no debt on it. So I didn't have a whole lot of other money outside of that. I'd been a little lucky that we had a house that was had appreciated in value and we did pay, pay it off much like you described, but we, we kind of reversed course a little bit. What I did was I, um, um, in Canada, you have to have 20% down to buy an investment property. So mm. uh, we borrowed 80% of the money uh, through a mortgage, but the other 20% came from the line of credit for my own principal residence. So I was essentially borrowing 100% of my yeah. money. But what right. that allowed me to do is to leverage my current home and buy other properties. And that's where it sort of, um, it all started from there. It's not like I had millions of dollars when this all began. I had right. I had a house that was paid off. And, and then just, I was able to buy an investment property every year refinancing my properties that I'd that I'd purchased two or three years before, uh, refinancing my own house a second time. And uh, and at the end of the day, um, you know, by 2021, you know, which is what, 13, 14 years later, uh, had I done nothing, my house is now probably worth, I don't know, million one, million two, something like that. So it would have appreciated by $600,000, let's say, or at least a half a million dollars, which isn't insignificant. But because I leveraged that yeah. that property and then ran my business of owning real estate, right. now I've got a portfolio above the mortgage of you know between six and eight million dollars, and that just simply would never have happened had I not bought the real estate that I did. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What I was looking at is if you're buying for the purpose of of making it a primary home, but yes. what you're saying as far as an investment, yeah, well, then you get a low interest rate. Uh, what's the big hurry in paying that off, you know? Yeah. And, uh, if, if you can make 10% on your money, then yeah. paying 3% on your mortgage isn't that big a deal. If you have another investments available to you, absolutely pay down that mortgage. Uh, exactly. Well, that's good. I, I did a lot of my investing in real estate back in the 80s and 90s. Um, Michael, and um, uh, I did well. I did pretty well. And... Um, you but held on to which was a smart thing, right? I'm sorry? You held on to a lot of those assets, right? Yeah, I did. I did with some. I did with some. Yeah. And um, 
But I come to find out I'm not, not much of a landlord either. <laughs> so it's one of those things. Let me ask you, what words of encouragement, before I let you go, what words of encouragement sure. can you uh, provide for someone that just right at the tip wanting to buy their own home or invest? What would you say? Well, you know, and you actually get such a great lead on there, Benjamin. Um, not much of a landlord is a very common common, exactly. or common fear is that they don't want to be a landlord because they're afraid of the uh, challenges yeah. that you're going to yeah. face. Uh, by focusing on the kind of property that, or the kind of tenant that you want to have, right. you buy a property that, that will meet those tenants' needs. Gone are the days where, where you know, we've got difficult tenants that are on, you know, um, social assistance and, and not paying rent and low credit scores. I don't deal with any of that crap. Yeah, I've got yeah. tenants in some cases with credit scores of seven to 800. They've got mm -hmm. maybe some student debt because they, you know, we have, we have a tenant who's a, who's a lawyer and her husband's mm -hmm. uh, making uh, pretty significant money working for the city as well. Uh, they've got credit scores of 800. They're doing great. Those are the kind of tenants I want to rent to because in two or four years, they're going to buy their own home. They're just trying to save up for it. And they're going to, they're going to, to treat my property with respect. So the, the words of encouragement I would tell you is, um, you know, there are going to be some times it's you are, when you are purchasing investment properties or even your own home, think of it like you're running a business and, and, and treat it as such. And mm -hmm. uh, especially if it's an investment property and, you know, but this business is going to take you, it's going to be a side hustle that may take yeah. you three to five hours a month of your time. But, you know, unlike uh, working for Uber Eats or building, uh, making some scrunchies, this is stuff that could build you, you know, generational wealth. And it can also, it right. can, it can, it can allow you to retire 10 years earlier and mm -hmm. offer you choices and travel and do what you want to do. It could pay for your child's education. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's a pretty darn good side hustle. It is. It is. It is. My advice is to always, you know, yeah, it's important to listen to Uncle Charlie who, may have bought an investment property in 1988 and lost all his money because the market crashed and sold right. two years later. But it's more important to talk to people that are investing today. They're going to share their horror stories with you because that's something that investors all like to do. But at the end of the day, they're holding on to these assets because much like what Benjamin did, he held on to a few of these assets. He put up with the good and the bad. He might even have had a property manager during some of those years, and that's okay too. But because he held on to the assets, he's now, he's now able to retire and do what he wants to do. There you go. So it's, um, yeah, there's different ways of looking at things. And uh, I just want to encourage my my audience to jump in with both feet. And uh, so how can my audience reach out to you and get further education on this uh, topic of real estate, Michael? Sure. Again, the book title is called Armchair Real Estate Millionaire. And when mm -hmm. I say armchair, it's not that you are absentee. It's just that you are, it's very passive investing. And by cool. buying the right type of properties, you right. can basically sit back in your armchair, make a few phone calls and manage your portfolio and do very well. I can be reached at info at armchairrealestatemillionaire.com. Uh, the book is available on Amazon, uh, nice and easy. Um, yeah. take, a, take a look at it. And, uh, I think it's 20 bucks in the US. I, I'm certainly not gonna get rich on the sale of the book. This is a, <laughs> One thing that I like to share as well, Benjamin, is that sure. I did very well in my real estate days as a realtor and as an investor. And I mm -hmm. had some incredible mentors along the way that, that took me sure. to where I am today. And I'm, oh, I'm, sure. I'm very appreciative of, of those people that didn't have right. to do these things. They, 
they were financially independent like yourself and they didn't need to do it, but they did it because they wanted to pay it forward. So this is my way of paying it forward to the next generation. And my hope, my goal, my dream is that people will uh, read the book. They'll, they'll, they'll be inspired by it. They'll take action and they'll invest with people I've never met before in a town I've never been to. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then start to build real estate wealth through, uh, through buying quality properties. Exactly. Cause you do get to a point, you know, that, uh, that we do all really, we're all in, inextricably connected, you know, uh, and that we all have a moral obligation to help one another. And uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. And Michael, yeah. I want to thank you for being on your lot and parcel today. And uh, I wish you well. In everything it was a lot of fun. Michael. Thank you for inviting me. Hope we can do it again. For your listeners, if you have a suggestion or a recommendation of a subject matter you want to discuss, please let me know at your lot and parcel. And now, if you would excuse me. This program has been produced by Isaac Diaz with music by Echo Foxtone. All the opinions expressed in this podcast are opinions only and should not be relied on. For more information, please visit the website yourlotandparcel.com. 